the No Face, No Case podcast. I started my morning off with the negativity and chaos, I will say. Um, if you guys haven't seen already, it might not even come across your radar, depending on what, you know, social media groups and, you know, internet algorithms is set up for you. Blake Shelton released a song on New Year's Day. I really don't mess with country music, so I'm just hearing about it. It's called Minimum Wage, and the overall theme is that kind of love fixes all, and, you know, you could uh, feel like a millionaire on Minimum Wage is one of the lyrics in this song. People have been calling it a kind of, you know, you missed a read on the room, um, tone-deaf approach to musicality, right? You know, I guess when revealing the song to, I want to say it was Carson Daly, Blake was just like, you know, I've had a really great 2020. I don't care about anything else that's happening. I got married or engaged to Gwen Stefani. I don't know. Um, I thought that was a fake scripted uh, relationship anyway, but I guess they're serious? I don't know. Arranged marriages, when it happens by publicists, may have high rates as uh, traditional arranged marriages. We'll see. Anyway, um, so he said he was just living his best life. I think part of that is the fact that he made $42 million in 2020. I'm sure that definitely helped make it a great 2020. For people who've lost loved ones to the coronavirus, lost their jobs, lost their sense of security, or just lost their overall affect due to the fact that they can't step outside of their house without a full bubble suit, we're less than impressed with this song. Now, I have been in a few different uh, social media threads just trying to help people understand that you're not a snowflake if you're upset with this song. And yes, there are bigger issues, but the same way people are going up for the latest chicken sandwich is the same way they're discussing this song. When you have a marketable product, you have to understand that it's then open to criticism and that uh, freedom of speech is not um, uh, protected from reproach. Or, um, you know, any different type of clashback. So, with that being said, a lot of people are like, well, you're just really sauce and sensitive. This doesn't matter to me. I have had the worst 2020, and I think the song is either great, or I'm indifferent to it, yada, yada, yada. Right? So, that got me to really thinking, how have we become so self-centered as a society? Especially, I want to say, in North America. I think that we have allowed self-centered cultures to narrow our viewpoints and that societies that tend to be more people-centered, emphasizing the interdependency of the whole entire culture and community over the individualism, have an upper hand. So... The reason is, is because they have this cross-cultural communication and perspective that we, when we are self-centered, just completely miss. It affects all of the different aspects of measurable societal success. When you're looking at self-centered versus people-centered societies. 
so that is what the topic of today is going to be for the podcast just what um just how does this self-centeredness this concept really affect us um psychologically speaking narcissism is a personality disorder um When a person has an inflated sense of their own importance and admiration, they then struggle with the ability to empathize with others. They struggle with a higher-than-reality self-image, which makes them more likely to hurt versus help people because they tend to be more aggressive um, in every prevalent um, representation of their, you know, personality, I guess, you know, whether it be status, money, um, other intrinsic values such as that. Especially speaking when you compare um, the social values, what their interests are, how they relate success to things such as like their jobs and things like that. All of that kind of thinking leads to this uh, feeling of self-entitlement. And I feel like a lot of, especially um, generationally, a lot of people feel like the newer generation has moved to that, but I really believe that this is more a community rampant materialism, capitalism, consumer, consumption, um, and that we all kind of need a reality check. I think across all age spectrums, all racial demographics, it is hard to keep people into a more people-centered community and focus. And I think that I, the reason I'm not saying that this is just something new that has happened with Gen Z, Gen Y, that this also existed in the baby boomer generation and everything like that back in the day, is because the definition of what your community is has been ever-evolving and changing and becoming more encompassing. And due to that level of needed participation, I couldn't get that word out, dear God, uh, participation, how effective one, how effective we are doing it, I think has also changed when we consider what we measured as success back then, when, you know, racism was just as rampant as now, but manifested differently as it did now as it does now, I mean. So, it's kind of a reframing of selfish versus self-centric. Being self-centric is, at least on an evolutionary basis, um, needed to be successful in your society. Having a positive um, approach and a positive self-image is important. We can say that for sure. However, as we look at collectivism among our people and how we relate to each other, if you're too self-centered, you can't effectively, um, you can't effectively work together as you do it independently. So you become more isolated. You are unable to focus on the perspective of others. And this trend then affects economic development, this trend then affects um, sustainability, it it, it starts hitting all these different, like I said, societal um, measures for success, and you become less affected by the plight of others, 
you don't embrace self-sacrifice for the collective good. You can't even understand why somebody might be upset about something if you haven't personally felt it. So for instance, one of the examples is the fact that we couldn't get people to wear masks to stop a pandemic because they felt that it was restrictive of their rights and didn't understand that it was causing deaths in people who could not fight the disease. And that level of narcissism equates to psychopaths. Because what you're saying is, is the mere convenience of what you're asking me to do does not yield a greater result than the fact that your life may end, or the life of your loved one. So I would say that's an easy way to just measure about how more self-centered we've become as a society. So how do we get to a people-centered society? How do we get that development needed to make sure that we're humanizing ourselves in a manner that's effective for the whole collective? Because, I mean, like I said, it's going to affect a lot of things. And I think a lot of the issues that we're currently facing are caused by the fact that it is a self over anybody else. Right? So, when you look at people-centered development, especially on an international level, they look at things like... um, how the community's uh, reliance is, how social justice is, how um, uh, participatory decision-making is. So who's involved in making what decisions for what? How um, recognizing how economic growth inherently contributes to human development. If you're not giving enough resources, enough call for change to have social, political, and environmental um, values in your everyday life, then when you extrapolate, you go out to society, you're taking these um, underdeveloped values of justice, sustainability, and inclusiveness out there into the world. And then it just kind of spreads like wildfire. So the first thing we need to do is be consistent in our ecological and societal realities of what we consider is good technology and good values and good behavior and good institutions. So what that means, what that translates to, is to ensuring that we are holding this higher level of accountability, ownership, participation. If you are not moving society forward, then you are a problem. If you're not helping the humankind by simply just being a better person. And that's not just being saying, oh, I'm affluent and I'm successful so my life is happy. No, you have to have a meaningful effect on society. What is your legacy? That's the target that we're looking at. Because for a people-centered development, the explicit goal is to be supportive socially, economically. It's to create this very concrete um, base in which everything off of... um, This concrete base in which everything off of it can be built up. So, you know, certain things like if you look at like sustainability... In a self-centered um, society as we live with now, water pollution is seen as a necessary evil to make sure that people can have new cars every year and people can have new houses built and stuff like that. 
when you look at how many different houses that we have currently empty and underdeveloped, rather than just building new ones and creating deforestation, you do reverse deforestation, you plant more trees, you you fix the dilapidations of the environment that have all that we've allowed to like uh, degradate. That is how you achieve a sustainable community that's people-centered, environmentally focused scope. On a small sale, if we enacted this, it would be able to function on an economic level as well. Because what you would say is, until I have a reliable source of income, I would just fix this one area. And then that would cause for, you know, debt reduction. That would cause for, you know, not relying so much on expenditures for new property and stuff. And it would allow me to impose policies on sustainability that would help some of this repayment burden, right? I mean, it sounds simple enough, but from, you know, theory to execution is where we're having the issue at. And it's because not a lot of people are buying into it as this is something. So that brings us to the next context of a people-centered development. Participation. So, democratic process, government accountability, access to relevant information, and gender equality. To making sure, and racial equality too, I would throw in there. Um, Making sure that everybody is um, allowed to participate in the community's goals and focuses the decision and determinations of what a good quality of life is because the quality of life of somebody who lives in Soho is not equivalent to somebody who lives in um you know Flatbush so making sure that people understand what everyone's agenda is creating policies that enhance the livelihood of all citizens and not just some and then that trickles into holding government officials and public institutions accountable. If you, again, are not making the best decisions for the community, then you need not to be making decisions. It's as simple as that. So when you look at this thing called the Manila De- uh, Declaration, it proposes global monitoring systems that allow people to access the relevant information to their communities. And in that being widespread transparency, then everybody is able to make a rational decision to protect their to protect their community, not just their personal individualistic interests, right? Supposedly, when you implement this, you have um, the ability to achieve a representational equality between men, women across racial spectrums, and avoid systematic problems that you would see in many developing. Uh, nations where people are just restricted from certain access due to educational deficiencies, um, economic problems uh, such as poverty, and that natural resources are distributed in a manner that is just for all, right? The next one, um, justice. When you look at justice from a people-centered development, you're looking at global ownership. You're looking at the sovereignty of the people who the government is enabled through. You're looking at employment and income generations. You're looking at an emphasis of the responsibility of the community to control their resources in an order to benefit themselves overall and not just certain people of the government. And so not to enable other people's agenda. 
So the individuals are not allowed to have a greater portion of this, you know, justice pie. And so because they don't have it, they're then not allowed to make incentives to keep that power. So what it does is it rejects the one person self-centered belief that the appropriation of certain resources is needed and dependent for their survival. Because they realize that this growing centrality of their development is way more primary concern than any other aspect that they could possibly have. So it keeps the locals within the local community, but because the community is so... um, centered in this high value of providing optimal benefits to everyone, it then spreads out to the developing communities around it, creating this interfocused uh, concept that um, sharing resources will address most of their concerns, rather than hoarding them. And I think that is that fights that self-centered fear that if I do not keep this for me I won't have it I'll miss out on something and that type of focus is the reason that a lot of things happen um, currently in society a lot of the issues that we face I took from you so I did not have to go without is as simple as it can translate I mean, it's not a new concept. It's not particularly advanced. It just calls. It, it just uh, focuses on a vast array of social development that we as a society don't hold tantamount. We don't hold the importance of people really understanding how to work towards a people-centered community. We are very hostile when it comes to. Um, human restrictions and development and kind of like a you know, I need to be the best damn everyone else whatever happens to them is their fault I need to make sure I win I succeed, instead of saying oh let's change this framework and let's advocate for each other and realize that our rights and priorities shouldn't be sold or traded for materialistic things So, you know, especially when you look at the United Nations Declaration on the Right to Development, it states and recognizes that development is a comprehensive and economic, social, cultural, political process, which aims at the constant, I'm reading this directly, guys, um, the constant improvement of the well-being of the entire population and of all the individuals on the basis of their active, free, and meaningful participation in development. And then the fair distribution of benefits resulting therefrom. I mean, that sounds good. They say, you know, what we have is what we have and we share it. Through and through. If, you know, you got a bowl of rice, I have a bowl of rice. Instead of me having two bowls of rice, one for me today, one for me tomorrow. Because tomorrow we'll figure it out as a community. We'll figure it out as a group. Maybe we both just have two bowls of broccoli. I don't know. But... It is hard to adopt that because we become so um, 
you know, materialistic and we're just consumers of everything, constantly consuming knowledge, resources, and it's kind of a take, take, take type thing. And so that hinders us from developing socially to withstand such things as such as the crisis that we focus on now. Because you're like, we, we, we can't figure out how as a society to even properly distribute money so that people can survive. When we're saying that we're focused, um, we're currently not focused, I mean, when we're looking at the highest rates of unemployment. So if we're not empowering the lives, how do we have a resilient nation? How can the two coexist if they're not um, leveled up? And so that is the problem. That's the thing that we face, the real issue, is convincing people to maybe go without a little bit to level the pain field. Because a lot of people are fearful of poverty, and that is what's stopping us from eradicating poverty. Poverty should be treated like any other issue that we focus. What is the main cause of it? It's corruption. It's capitalism. It's a violation of human rights. So we need to reach this level of governance for all and pave a way for a peaceful reconciliation on a people-centered society. I mean, we could map it out, but you need to have everybody's buy-in so that we can prevent crisis and start recovery. Because the earth needs healing, humanity needs healing, we all play a key role in how we're going to reconcile this conflict, and it's through community engagement on an international level, ensuring that the governance listens to the people and stops taking from the people. I mean, you want to say we need to avoid armed violence, but we have now placed people in roles, very important decision-making roles, when we realize that they don't care about their lessons. They're not trying to be peaceful partners in our development. So then, how do we react in a peaceful manner to improve human resources management? To improve the effectiveness of our business and our economy. To strengthen our communal partnership. We can't. Unless everybody's willing to make that contribution, it's just not going to work. And honestly, what if we keep going the way we are? Do we have another good 40 years, maybe? Resources are being tapped out. The earth is spinning faster. It's getting hotter. We're just facing a lot of issues. And all that aside, we someone may just nuke us all. So, as we reflect on where we stand in society, we gotta we gotta move to a different way. We keep trying the same thing and it's broken, and we don't figure out why it's not working. And you're trading one apple for an orange and hoping that that'll make America great again. I just. You want to be optimistic, but you also have to be realistic. I'm going to go take a nap now, because at least then, things work out.